My name's Kara, and I'm the Gathering Girl. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. If this is your first time, welcome. Um, the Gathering is a place where we're able to connect with God and connect with other women, and you guys are doing great at that. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Um, and it's actually my last morning doing the gathering, too. So there's great sadness and also anticipation for what God has up ahead. I did want to clarify one thing. My family and I are not moving to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. <laughs> um, the Wednesday night crowd misunderstood. So I had a lot of like, wait a minute, what? And I'm like, no, 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 Jeff Brown will still be leading worship and I will still be present. Um, but the new, uh, the new ministry I'm stepping into as I'm stepping out of this is uh, with a nonprofit called Beauty for Ashes. And it's about um, teaching long-term sustainability to single moms and um, breaking the cycle of orphans, really, by keeping the moms alive and breaking the cycle of poverty through education, so getting the kids um, educated as well. So I'm super pumped up about that new role, and that just means I'll be advocating and be like a really big mouth for that nonprofit, which you guys know, I can do that. Um, and it means I'll get to go back to the birth country of my daughters eventually, so I'm excited and nervous about that, because the DRC isn't really like a vacation spot, let's be clear. Um, so, welcome to The Gathering. This year, we have been on a journey of figuring out what our God languages are, or maybe what they're not, or maybe understanding more about the people around us. Um, so, I, I just wanted to review those a little bit before I get into announcements, just so the rest of the morning makes more, more sense, especially if this is your first time. So we talk a lot about what's your God language, and there's a book written by Dr. Myra Perrine called What's Your God Language, where she unpacks all the different God languages, and um, basically it's connecting with God through your unique spiritual temperament. Um, if you are interested in a list of all of them and like a short little description, it's on that white table in the back, and you are welcome to grab that on your way out and maybe peruse that. Um, but there's all different kinds, like caregiver, loving God through serving others, or there's also the intellectual, loving God through your mind. Um, sensate, loving God through your senses, so maybe that's through smell or taste or touch or feel or different things like that. Um, and today, we are going to be unpacking the God language of naturalist, which I'm super excited about. And my team, who I love and adore with everything in me, did an amazing job of setting up um, some different stations for you to interact with nature. Since the weather in Salem in May is kind of un unpredictable, who knew? Um, so we did our best to bring nature inside. So we'll explain more of that later. In the meantime, I'm also really glad to see that you guys are eating and drinking this morning because I might have had a slight panic attack. I got up and, you know, just kind of getting ready and getting the kids ready. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, shoot. Hearts at Home is over. And Hearts at Home is amazing and blesses the gathering by bringing food on Thursday mornings. <laughs> 
and there's like a hundred of you here. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, small children, mom rushing out the door to get to the gathering and she shows up and there's no food and there's no coffee because Hearts at Home also get the coffee for us on Thursday mornings. I had tears for all of you, literally. And I call Lori DeBaker, who is in charge of Hearts at Home, and I'm like, um, uh, like I'm out of breath, you guys. I was so concerned for your tummies and for your sanity. You needed coffee and you needed food. So I would like to publicly thank again for every month, um, Hearts at Home, thank you so much for blessing us. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And Lori, for organizing that, and for all the leaders bringing food today, thank you, because cranky people are not very fun people to be around. So now that we all have food and drinks, hopefully the fact that we don't have tables for all of you, the crankiness is wearing off, because you have food and coffee. You're welcome. Okay, so as announcements, as far as announcements go, um, Summer Women's Bible Study is starting next Wednesday night, which is going to be amazing. And if you haven't gotten your book or you haven't paid or you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot about that. But I really, really want to be in it, like really, really want to be in it. Um, maybe if you get on your knees and beg Jennifer Roth at the pursuit desk after the gathering, she will let you um, because registration actually already closed. But don't tell her I said that. She's not in here. So <laughs> if you really want to, just beg her and we'll see what happens. Um, also... If you have a smartphone and you get it out right now, I'm totally okay with that because I want to tell you that Salem Alliance um, has the, our own, like, women's page. It's like a Salem Alliance women's page. So I'm actually encouraging you in church to get out your social media. And if you haven't liked it, please do. And the reason we want you to do that is so that you can get updates, especially coming into the summer. There are still events and opportunities that are happening, but because we don't have the gathering and hearts at home and after the summer women's Bible study is over, you might not have a way to get that information. So um, it's like Salem Alliance women's page and it's our same logo, but it's in pink. I didn't vote on pink for the logo, but it's my daughter's favorite color, so I'm embracing it. I would have voted for yellow in case you were wondering. Um, so anyways, if you guys want to do that, that would be awesome because we do have an event coming up on the 29th of May. We're going to do a women's hike. So Sunday, May 29th at one o'clock, we're going to meet in the South parking lot right over here. If you need any more information about that, you can email Sarah Burtz. You can talk to any, I mean, Jennifer Henderson is the one who's leading it. Where are you, Jen? There you are. I love you. You're so cute. You're going to get to hear from her. She's on our panel today, and she's amazeballs. I can, I can say amazeballs. Yep. Um, so she's going to be leading that hike. It's about four miles round trip, and it's just the girls. So bring some friends. It's a great opportunity to invite people who aren't maybe in the neighborhood who aren't even believers or maybe your mom or your mother-in-law or your whoever. Anyways, just come. It's going to be fun. I'm pretty sure I'm coming. So maybe that will make you want to come too. Plus, I'll wear yellow. That way, if I fall down a ravine, you guys can see me and rescue me. Because <laughs> sometimes walking and talking is really hard for me. Okay, that's all the announcements. Um, we're going to take a deep breath now. So I'm going to ask Jesus to come join us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be with each other and to be with you. 
for the opportunity to enter in um, to the world that you've created, to look differently at plants or to look differently at the sky or even the ground below us. Um, we thank you. We're here and we're listening and this time is for you. So I pray that um, whatever we walk in the doors with, it's still with us. Those things, those pains, those hurts, those stresses, um, the sickness or being overwhelmed or being in a really raw, tender place in our life, um, that doesn't fall away when we come to church. And I pray that we would all feel your presence in the midst of it. Because your word does not say we will not have trials. It says we will have them and that you will not leave us and forsake us. And I pray today for those hearts that are hurting and those women that really just need to breathe and receive that this would be a space where that can happen. Thank you so much for this opportunity, God. This morning's yours. Amen. Okay, so as we've been going through the different God languages, um, Oh, I've just enjoyed this series so much. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's been really eye-opening, and it's been a great opportunity to see God um, in different ways and to also be able to see the people around us in different ways. I'm sure I'm the only one in this room that does this, so just bear with me while I be vulnerable with you. Um, I compare myself a lot to other people, and... So if I see someone in worship and they're just in like reckless abandon and totally at the foot of the throne, but I'm in a place where I'm like, like head down, then I'll think, I'll start to kind of go to that place in my brain where I'm like, oh, well, she's totally at the feet of Jesus right now and I'm not, so what's wrong with me and I should probably do that. Or maybe it's like my mom, she's the most, she was one of the panel people for the Sensate God language. Like she's one of the best cooks in the entire world. She's amazing. And so then when I try one of her recipes at home and I serve it to my family and it does not taste like my mom's, I'm like, dang it. And I get super mad and frustrated. Instead of rejoicing in the fact that my mom gave me um, space to learn and to ask questions and to like, see the different fruits and vegetables and, like, see how they're cut. And, like, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but when you cut a carrot, it's actually the same makeup of your eye, like with the iris and everything. So the next time you get a carrot and you cut it in half, you look at it, and you're like, wow, that does look like an eye. Or even tomatoes, if you cut them in half, it's, like, four chambers, like the heart, and it actually, like, looks like if you just, if you cut it, like, top to bottom that way. I don't know. God's cool. He's amazing, and he's super creative. And so instead of looking at each other with, oh, I should do that like her, or I should do that like her, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you have for me today as your daughter who is beloved? What does this look like in my life? So I'm probably not going to be a master gardener. Um, Corey Glassy, though, she rocks it. Um, Lori Starr, her husband, Ken, has like, acres, it seems like, of all this garden stuff. And I walk out there, and I'm like, how'd you get that to grow? Mine died. Mine died. Like, everything I touch dies. Um, but rejoicing in the fact that when I go to the stocks, they give me a bag of fruits and veggies that I walk right out with. So <laughs> it works out great. So again, I just want to remind you that this is an invitation to experience God in a new way. And so um, as a naturalist, they are people, they are created and made in such a way that when they are in nature, they feel God. They see God. 
they have no other choice than to just be in awe of how big he is and quite honestly, how small we are. Naturalists feel closest to God when in the outdoors. Something inside their souls comes alive when they are surrounded by God's splendor in nature, be it mountains, the desert, the plains, or the beach. For naturalists, just being outside can dramatically increase their awareness of God since witnessing the Lord in nature comes easily. Um, the other thing that I love and appreciate about naturalists is this next little part that Myra writes about in the book. God reminds us here in nature that, w- that he is the creator and we are not. Nature doesn't ask our permission to carry on. It doesn't check our schedules. The weather doesn't care what we have planned, including trying to have the gathering outside. Thank you, amen. Naturalists know this, and they find comfort in being smaller than the one who created them. There's comfort in realizing that we are smaller than the God who created us, the God who loves us and adores us. Um, The quote that's over there by the food table also came from this book, and it says, seeing detail in what God has made is like receiving little love notes from him. And on a couple of the... um, a couple of the pictures that we hung above the food table, it says, love God. It's a gift. It's, it's a gift that we get to receive every day, whether we choose to enter in or not. It's there, and it's our opportunity. We have the opportunity. We have the chance to choose to see it, um, to choose to be aware, to choose to enter in. And with that said, there's um, no better way to learn more about naturalists than actually hear from people who that's their God language. So, of course, I have an amazing panel. Yay, panel, come on up. Um, Marianne DeBaker, I have Corey Glassy, and I have Jen Henderson. So, let's give them a little gathering welcome. Look, we're, we're like triplets right here with our cons. Oh, Corey, I'm sorry. I should have called you. that's true I copied Um, so this is my amazing panel and they are going to introduce themselves tell you a little bit about themselves and then we'll go on to round two all right well thanks Kara for having us I am Jen Henderson and my husband Jeff and I have been attending Salem Alliance for almost 11 years and we have two kids Samuel and Emily Samuel's 10 and Emily is 8 and the season of life I am, this you'll love this, I am wearing my 10-year-old shoes. And I wore them last night, and so this morning I said, hey, Samuel, can I wear your shoes again? And he was like, you can just have them. <laughs> and it was like, just really confirmation to me that your mom wearing your shoes does not help the cool factor. So um, I scored myself some great converse, and thank you, Samuel. Um, I'm Mary Andy Baker. Um, my husband, AJ, and I have been going to Salem Alliance for pretty much ever. He um, grew up here, and then I am a Bend, Oregon transplant. I grew up in Bend, moved over here in 97, and started going to Salem Alliance then. Uh, we have two kids as well. We have um, Porter, who's seven. He's in first grade. He does the dual language program over at Grant Community School, and we love that. Um, and then Maggie's five, and she'll start kindergarten in the fall there as well. And I'm the next generation. Um, I'm Corey Glassy, and I have, um, I've been coming to Salem Alliance for about 30 years. 
That's my youngest child's age. And um, I have three children and five grandchildren. So um, let's see, what else? I live on a farm, which is um, one of the reasons that um, I get to enjoy the, I'm the naturalist. I get to enjoy the beauty of creation. So, all right. Here we go. <laughs> um, so it's, um, it's a new thing for me to speak twice about the same thing, like last night the gathering and then, then this morning, and you're like, so sh what do I do better? What do I do different? And I can't even remember what I said last night. So <laughs> here we go. Um, so I'm a naturalist. My husband is a naturalist as well. So um, oftentimes he is much more of a... Um, go get her with it, and I kind of walk into it a little bit kicking and screaming and don't really want to do it. Um, but after I do it and I experience God that way and just experience nature and getting outdoors, um, my soul comes so much more alive. I We have done two um, trips that I'm going to talk about specifically. We do tons of hiking and biking and walking and running, but two trips that really stick out in my head of things that we did um, that I remember just standing there in awe and seeing God and seeing um, his beauty in the surroundings. So um, back in 2012, AJ and I decided to go on a trip to Glacier National Park and backpack for five days. Um, the thing about Glacier is it's um, super hard to get in. You have to apply for permits and then they tell you where to go and how you're gonna do your trip. And so you're kind of at their mercy of campsites and how far in between. and um, so oftentimes you just don't know where you're gonna go and pretty much anywhere in Glacier is beautiful. But the cool thing about when you're out there for five days, you are out there where nobody else can go. And it's not even like a day trip, like you're two or three days in the back country. And so you can't just hike out and go to the bathroom. You're going to the bathroom in the porta potty uh, hole in the ground. It's not even a porta potty, it's a hole in the ground. <laughs> so um, the thing about Glacier, um, is when you drive up, uh, it is, it goes up, like the landscape is flat it's in Montana, right? I can't remember where it's at. <laughs> Montana, and it's just flat, like big, big sky country is true. It's just flat and there's just sky for miles. And so when you drive up and you see glacier, it's Sure. Like it just sticks up out of the out of the landscape, and it's amazing. And I remember at that moment um, in time, I was listening to Gunger, the Beautiful Things song, and I just was emotional. Like it was just you're just in awe of what God has created, and you can't imagine that there's not a God when you see that kind of that kind of landscape. So um, you can go ahead and throw the first picture up there. This is my sister and I on top of one of the um, mountain passes that we were climbing. Um, I can't even tell you the elevation my husband could tell you, but all I know is that's basically a mountain goat trail that we were hiking on. And I had to do lots of um, deep breathing. And I also realized I like to be in the front because I don't want to see what anybody else is doing because if they're going to fall off, I'm not going to save them. So then behind us, though, I think is what is so beautiful about that picture. And um, in Glacier, it's the Continental Divide, so the mountains come up together like this. And it just takes your breath away. You feel like you're in a Lord of the Rings movie. It's green, it's lush, there's waterfalls, there's um, glaciers. And 
you are just, uh, and it's it's untouched by motors and you know things like that. There's just it's just people on on feet, and then tons and tons and tons of wildlife. So then the next picture is our the last morning we got up, and this is just a glacier lake um, that we were camping by and my brother-in-law actually took this picture just as the sun was rising and there's just nothing disturbing the water there's nothing you could see the reflection perfectly and um, just the night before we were fishing in this lake just for the heck of it because there's no fish in glacier lakes <laughs> it's just ice cold water um, but up on the hillside was a couple of um, mountain goats mom and dad, mom and baby, and we could just look at them through the binoculars. It was just amazing. It was just like, it was unreal. Um, so then the other thing, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was experiencing God in nature with our kids as well. And one way that my husband and I are both um, passionate about is showing our kids that. And so we oftentimes will take them with us. And this last summer we went to Yosemite National Park and um, we didn't do any super long hikes there, but we did take them on this one called the Rim to the Valley. And you start at the top of, um, Yosemite is different than Glacier. Yosemite is flat and you can't see it till you get to the bottom. So it's this um, really long drive to get to the valley, but um, we started at the top, hiked all the way down to the bottom with the kids and just the amount of rocks and waterfalls and trees, and it's amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous there. And again, just like taking my kids and showing them, this is what God created. This is this is our creator. This is how much he loves us and how much he cares about us. And look at all of this that is out here. Just So finding God in nature is something that we enjoy doing with our kids as well. Yes, thank you, Corey. <laughs> I forgot last night, and I was almost going to forget again. Um, so one of the things that I always, um, whenever I get outside and I start hiking or I start walking or running or biking, um, I remember in Isaiah 55, there's a verse that says, you shall go out with joy, you shall be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break before you, and there'll be shouts of joy, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And I'm just, like, it's just, just even just saying that just like gets me um, chills of like being outside. Great job. Um, could you put my picture up? I forgot to put my picture up last time, so we're getting better, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, right. we're going to be good tomorrow. Yeah. So, Marianne is the is the big picture person, um, mountains and hills and glaciers and that, and I'm the I'm the garden I'm the home garden um, person. And uh, first of all, I want to um, talk about the fact that that it all started in the garden, and Adam and Eve were there together, and they fellowshiped in the cool of the night and the and the bright mornings, and and then we had the fall, and things didn't work out very well. Um, but but we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be there again, and it's all gonna be perfect again. And in the meantime, um, God has called me to be a tender of His garden, and it's um, such a gift to me. 
because I love the outdoors. I love flowers. I love gardens. We uh, have 10 acres. We raise, try to raise pretty much everything we eat. So that means we have orchard and, and lots of different stuff. So, um, and I was, I remember um, the first time I realized that I could worship God outside. I didn't have to be at home in my chair with my Bible it early in the morning because that didn't work for me. And it was so freeing when I found that I could weed my garden for four or five hours and just pray and listen to God. And, and he would hear my prayers. He would comfort me. He would bring people to my mind so that I could be praying for them. And so he, he knows me. He created me this way. And he comes alongside me as I worship him in his creation. So this is the um, picture of what I see out uh, my kitchen window. Um, we're in our dining room table. This is the 10 acres that we live on. This is just the pasture. And the other direction is the garden and the fruit trees and all of that. And, um, so I have another a verse. Um, I didn't memorize mine. but um, <coughs> I mean, I probably could, but this is easier. Isaiah 6.3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were two seraphs, and they called to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I had a friend who um, was sharing with me that um, that literal translation of the whole earth is full of his glory is actually the fullness of the whole earth is his glory. And that just struck me so much that the whole earth and the beauty of his creation is his glory, is his reputation, is who he is, is how we can praise and worship him. And so I, um, I really liked how that, that came about. So um, at our, in our church here, we worship in song, and sometimes we worship in our giving, and I get to worship in um, my gardening and my tending of my garden. And I get to do that in a significant way for our church. So the next picture will show you um, what I get to do for ministry here, along with Hearts at Home and some other things. And that is um, to be a part of the uncommon broads, as we call ourselves. <laughs> we, we take care of all the landscaping um, for the, the, the campus here, for Broadway building, for the whole thing. And there are actually more than, there's five of us. Um, and it's just a gift to us. We all get together. We enjoy each other. We enjoy gardening. We enjoy um, being part of crea his creation and seeing what we can do to make God's house uh, a more inviting, pleasant place for any who come. And so um, that's been a real gift to me to be able to let God use me with the gifts he's given. And the next picture is um, the other piece about me. Wherever I go... Um, I'm just drawn to flowers and gardens and, and the details of God's creation. This, these are some flower um, containers in a window in France. Um, we just got back from France, and um, it, just was, it just was interesting to me that one of the most beautiful things that I found there were the flowers that they had. And um, so I just thought I'd share that. Um, so 
One thing that Kara asked us was um, to say how God has spoken to us. And um, I know for me in the garden, God speaks a lot. I have had a lot of difficult times with my children growing up. And um, so I spent many, many years, basically a nine-year period of severe trauma with my children. And I just would sit in the garden and weed and do the serenity prayer over and over and over and over. And because there are a lot of things that I could not control. And just like in the garden, there are things that you can't control um, that you just have to depend on God. And so uh, he taught me that through depending on God. The other thing that Kara asked us was, how would we describe a naturalist to one who doesn't, who's not a naturalist? I can't, it's hard for me to imagine somebody who could look at nature, who could look at these pictures of, um, and experience the things and, and not see God, but um, trying to see that, I would say um, one, one thing that I do is like take pictures, and I, a lot of times I take pictures of flowers, and then I'll blow them up, and I'll look at the details, and just to learn to appreciate the details that God puts in his creation, and how the diversity, that everything is, even each flower is different, and how he does that with creation, he does that in our individual lives. And so we should not be comparing ourselves to others. We should be embracing the fact that God has created us as an individual, beautiful in, in exactly who we are. So, and now we get to hear from Jen. All right, thanks. Um, so like these ladies here, I am also a naturalist. I hear from God in nature and, um, you, uh, one of my favorite verses, like Marianne, is um, I, from the Psalms, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And I grew up in Montana, and so mountains and rivers and cowboys, they're just like in my DNA. Not really cowboys. And, and so it's just in my DNA. I, I, that's who I am, and it's what I love, and I just that's what charges me is to be in nature. And you can put that first picture up, Jared. Um, I turn 40 in September, this coming September, and so I've made this little bucket list of things I want to do, and one of them was I wanted to snow camp, and so the day after Thanksgiving, my husband, who was like, sure, I'll miss the Civil War and trudge up a mountain with you in November and spend the night below zero temperatures, uh, but we did. We trudged up there, and uh, that's me there at the summit on this after we spent the night, and um, that's Mount Jefferson behind us and or behind me. And so, yeah, I feel God in nature. There's something about silence and solitude and um, having a chance to just slow down and refresh and listen. Um, I don't always hear from God when I'm out, but it definitely gives me a chance to just reset and at least position myself in a, um, in a position to listen. And um, so, so, yeah, so that's me and enjoying nature. And then the next picture is um, one of the times, well, it was the first time I really heard from God. I was in college at Montana State, and we, um, I was in a group called InterVarsity, probably no InterVarsity, and after finals were over, we, a group of us, drove to Buena Vista, Colorado, and did some camping, and um, I took this hike, and got up to this little rocky plateau, and 
just sat and refreshed and ate and had my journal. And it was really the very first time I ever heard God speak. Like, okay, yeah, wow, that's God. And he just so clearly and memorably just told me, you know, I am your daddy. And I love you and you are mine. And I just had this clear picture of me just, you know, like on his lap, arms around me. And it was so meaningful to me to just actually, you know, just to hear his voice. And, and so since then, nature has just always been a place where I hear God. And I think it's that silence. Now, when we're hiking with our children, not so silent, not so restorative. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a special, it's a special time for me to be um, in nature. I love the mountains. I love the beach. I love yard work. So it's not just while hiking is really my passion. It's just really being outside in nature. And, and like Corey was talking about, just appreciating the details and um, just knowing that I am small and that there is a sovereign creator who is in charge. And I can just, I can just leave it there. Um, so the next picture, Kara had asked us, what is, what's some advice we might give to someone who's not a naturalist? Isn't that the most epic picture you've ever seen? That's air, friends. That's like, I'm maybe not walking away from that. And that's my daughter, Emily, in the background making snow angels. But, you know, my advice is, is sometimes I think we have a tendency to kind of over-spiritualize things. And you know, just get out and enjoy yourself and use your body the way God meant you to use your body, using your muscles and getting air in your lungs. And um, a couple of years ago, I think it was the summer series, I think it was the summer series, we talked about spiritual disciplines. And Pastor Steve talked about the spiritual dis discipline of play. And I was like, yes, this is a spiritual discipline I can get behind. Morning devotions at 6 a.m., not so much. Play, you bet. And, um, and so that's what I would just, that would be my advice is find something you love. Like if it might be, it might be gardening, it might be hiking a mountain, it might be walking a beach and collecting seashells. Um, I brought this quote along from James Bryan Smith, who also talks about the spiritual discipline of play. So that's two people talking about it, so you know it's legit. And he writes, when we play, we let go, we relax, we let ourselves become vulnerable and open to whatever happens. We play because our God is good. Grace is sufficient for us. God wants us to be full of joy, and play is a way to experience the goodness of God and the richness of life. And so that's what I would say to you. If you're feeling intimidated by Marianne's Yosemite pictures, oh my goodness, like I am, um, yes, just start out with what you're comfortable with. And, you know, if you don't enjoy it, if you go out and you're like, that was the most miserable experience of my life, try again. And, you know, and just enjoy what the creator has for you. I kind of forgot to say last night, Kara asked us again kind of what we thought for advice of how to, like, if, you're, if this doesn't come naturally to you to be a naturalist, how would you um, get others to kind of join along? And one of the things that I said last night was um, oftentimes we do things kicking and screaming and we don't really want to do it. And I likened it to exercise because who wants to work out? And once you do it, you feel better and you're actually like there's 
positive effects of it. And so I just kind of encourage you to just, like Jen said, just try it. Like it may, um, it doesn't have to be going to Yosemite or Glacier or climbing a mountain. It doesn't have to be anything big like that. One of the things that I do with my kids often is I just point stuff out to them as we're driving. We're in the car on the way to school and um, I'll see a tree. And I will sometimes even stop the car to see the tree because I grew up in Bend, all one color, all year long. And in the valley, it's green, and it's pink, and it's yellows, and it's oranges, and it's reds. And so I will stop the car, and I'll be like, look at that tree. And they're like, Mom, it's a tree. But no, check that tree out. Just yesterday, it was nothing, you know? And so just like, just reminding ourselves of, again, that creator who's bigger than us, and just taking that second to pause and marvel in it. Just, just the, the, the idea that Marianne said, you don't have to do big things, just a, a walk downtown. Um, just to me, there's, it, it's amazing. Like you'll see a crack in the sidewalk and a little flower will be coming out. And just to stop and look at that and say, God, you're so fun. Just really fun. And, um, and just to get out and feel the air and to enjoy what he has for us. He, we're so fortunate. Oregon, it's the best place in the world to be as far as you want to outside. So um, we're here. We should appreciate it and just dig in. Enjoy it. Thank you. Seriously, great panel, right? Yes. Um, one, of the, one of the things I love about being able to get other voices up um, at the gathering especially, is that we get an opportunity to see through other people's eyes. And um, one of the things that I appreciate the most is that you're sharing something that's sacred. You're being vulnerable with a room full of women and telling them, this is how I meet God. Like, Jen, for you especially, like, to hear him say, like, I'm your daddy and you're my little girl. Like, that's so sacred. And thank you, all of you, for sharing those sacred places with us because I think sometimes we just you know, forget that authenticity and vulnerability and really, like, putting ourselves out there takes courage. And um, I just appreciate all three of you doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Plus, they're hot. So that's great. <laughs> Hotty toddies with naughty bodies. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Marianne, you too. Hotty toddy with a naughty body. I want to make sure you heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're running ahead of schedule, which kind of never happens. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. So I am going to actually share a story that I had had on my heart earlier this week and didn't end up sharing last night for the sake of time. But I feel like the spirit's nudging me, so I'm going to go for it. Um, for those of you that don't know, my husband and I moved up here eight years ago, and yeah, eight, wow. Anyways, when we moved up here, we hadn't sold our house in California yet, and so we didn't have a place to live, and we didn't have money to live somewhere else. So um, Jennifer and Jeff Roth um, used to just live down the street from here, and they opened up this apartment above their house to us, and 
I will be honest, surprise, um, it was, <laughs> my husband was getting his dream job. He was an intern here many years ago um, when we were in college and dating, and um, we were both like, when we grow up, we want to go back to Salem and go to Salem Alliance. Like, it was kind of like our, like, yay, when we're 40 or wiser, like more experienced in life, we want to go to Salem Alliance. And God opened up the doors way sooner than we anticipated. And so my husband was getting his dream job, and I was losing um, my mom, and her husband were in Reading, and his parents were in Reading, and my sister was in Reading, and his um, brother and sister were in Reading, and um, I'd lived there for 10 years, and he'd lived there for 15, and so, like, we, like, I lost everything. As far as I was concerned, he was getting his dream job, and I was at home with a seven-month-old and pregnant with another. And if you do the math, that's 15 months apart. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I know how it happened, but, like, it wasn't intention. Never mind. Whatever. Anyways, they were really close. Um, so I was kind of a basket case. Um, I was very lonely. I was very sad. And I felt bad that I was sad, if that makes sense. Because God had provided. He's shown us. We'd ask him. We didn't even really pray and ask to come back to Salem, but like we just said in passing, when we grow up, we want to. And God heard that because he's amazing and he's always there and he hears us. And so we're like, we're, we're getting our dream kind of like really. So why am I not happier? What's wrong with me? So um, it, it ended up being a really, really tough year. And um, I was mad. I was really mad at God. And I said, if this is your best, I don't want it. And I said that with my husband present. And um, he just looked at me, and he took my face in his hands, and he said, I did not listen to God and move our family up here for you to give up. I'll carry you. And then I felt even worse that I was feeling that bad. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, just basket case person. So, anyways, um, the next morning I got up and just had it out with God. Jeff went to work, and I was crying because he was going to work again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was here with this little baby with no friends and no family and no nothing. And so I just sat up there and cried and said, God, I I need you. Like, I need something. Like, you've got to give me something. Like, I cannot do this. I need a reminder. And when I said I need a reminder, I remembered a story um, that one of my mentors when I was in college um, down in Reading at Simpson University, one of my mentors um, had a butterfly tattooed on her. And I was like, that, like, tell me about your butterfly tattoo. Like, it seemed kind of random. And um, the thing about tattoos is there's usually a story. So just, just keep that in mind. So I'm like, tell me about that butterfly tattoo. And she said, well, um, she explained a hard season that she'd gone through in her life. And she had said, I just cried out to God and said, I need a reminder. I need a reminder that you're present with me. And literally within 24 hours, she saw a butterfly. And then like a couple days later, she saw like another one. And it was just like this. Like, every time she saw one, it was a reminder that he keeps his promises. And she said, I mean, like the rainbow. Like, you see the rainbow, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing. And there's rain, and then there's sun. And you need both of those to make the rainbow. So, like, that's a reminder of his promise, right? And she's like, that's what the butterfly was. So, 
fast forward a bunch of years, I'm in Salem on Fifth Street, crying my eyes out and saying, like, I need a reminder. And so I go out into the backyard, and um, there was, like, the little swing set deal, you know? And I put Caleb in it, and, um, and I was kind of pushing him, and I'm just trying really hard to be present because I'm a mom, and I need to be present with my child, even though, really, all I want to do is just go sleep and wake up when everything's better. Um, and I went to get Caleb out of the seat. Michelle Pilcher, you're in here, right? Okay, yes, because this is, this is my ladybug story. Um, so I went to go get Caleb out of the seat, and there was a ladybug there on the seat. And I was like, that wasn't there when I said it. I'm like, it would have squished the ladybug. You know what I mean? Like, just thinking logically, like, ladybug, said a child on the ladybug. Ladybug is now smushed ladybug, get child out. Um, but it wasn't smushed. It just, like, kept kind of crawling around. And as I'm looking at it and holding Caleb, I'm like, is this my reminder? <gasps> eh. Probably not. Like, I kind of, like, just poo-pooed it. Like, eh. And so then Jennifer, in her best efforts to help me not be depressed, <laughs> um, said, hey, there's a Wednesday market. Let's walk down. Like, you need some fresh air, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, now this is all same day, right? So we, like, go down the Wednesday market, and, and I'm, like, Caleb's on my, on, you know, the ergo on my back, and I'm, like, digging through, and I'm getting corn. And I'm not just, like, at the corn on the top. It's, like, because I don't want the ones that everybody else has touched. That's just me. So I'm, like, digging, right? <laughs> and I'm finding my corn, and I'm looking at it, making sure it's okay. And I pull back the stalk. And guess what's right there? The ladybug. Not even kidding. So then at that point, I'm like, mm, okay, maybe it's a reminder. So then a couple days later, I've kind of told Jeff about this. And I'm like, is that crazy? Am I a crazy person? And he's like, I don't think so. And so then a couple days later, Caleb, when he was a little baby, which is crazy because he's like almost as tall as me now and he's not even nine, but whatever. I mean, I'm not really tall, so it's not like you have to aspire to much. But um, he did this activity where we had all the um, like serving utensil things in the bottom drawer. And so he would pull it out and take one and go, ha ha. And then pull another one out and go, ha ha. And like every time he'd pull it out, he would laugh because it was really funny. And, you know, then you just clean it up because that's what you do when you have toddlers. So we're doing this game. I kid you not, there's a ladybug on one of the spatulas as he pulls it out. Like upstairs in my house, in my utensil drawer. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I, all right. And, um, since then, God has used ladybugs. Um, he has used that avenue in nature to tell me, you're my baby girl, and I see you, and I love you, and I've got your back. Um, fast forward to our adoption journey. We needed $14,000 by Monday morning, or we would lose our referral. So at that point, we had seen a picture of the twins. We had accepted the referral. But there's so many hoops you have to jump through before you can go to the next one. And they don't want the kids just sitting there. So if you don't have the money or you don't have the, you know, signed documents ready to go, then what they do is they give that referral to another family that's ready and further along in the process. So it's kind of mean, but it's legit. Like, I understand they don't want all these kids just sitting waiting for you to, like, go sell your car in your house and the shirt off your back to try to be able to bring these kids home. So it was Friday night. We had this hoedown fundraiser, and we only... 
only, but we had like 7,000 in the account. We have this hoedown fundraiser, and I'm thinking that that's that's how God's going to show up. We're going to raise $7,000 that night and be done and ready to submit our $14,000 on Monday morning and say, hey, we get to keep the girls. Yay. Um, And uh, (laughs) we didn't. So Friday night, we're driving away from the hoedown, and I'm in the car just crying because I'm like, how are we going to do this? Like, we don't have the money. And we didn't feel like taking out loans with how we were supposed to do this. We felt like we were supposed to trust God. So um, I was just kind of a mess. Like, what the heck? And so then um, money still is coming in through, like, the adoption website page and all these other things. And we come and I'm kidding you guys. I can't. I'm not kidding you. I can't even begin to remember the order of everything right now. But all I know is we were, like... 350 short and we're on the porch and just adding up and my mom walks out and she's like because she she was doing fundraising stuff for us too and she's like I had this in my pocket from the hoedown and it was $50 and then right at that time my friend from California donated $200 and it was literally like within three seconds we were at $14,000 on Sunday afternoon and I'm, like, jumping up and down. I'm crying. I'm so excited. Like, yes, God did it again. That's amazing. So we come to the church, and there is a, a check in my husband's box for $1,000. And we're like, oh, my goodness, this is so awesome. Like, we, we can now start paying for our plane tickets. Like, this is so great. So, like, all excited, super pumped up, jumping up and down. We have $15,000, $14,000 due on Monday. Okay, yay, God. And I call our agency Monday morning and say, okay, we have the money. We're good. We get to keep our referral. Where do we wire or how do we, do we write it? Like, what do we do? We've got it. We've got our 14,000. And she says, she says, um, it's actually 15,000. And I kid you guys not, a ladybug <laughs> just comes right there on my dining room table with all this paperwork and just right there on the paperwork. And so they, those ladybugs are just so precious. So then even yesterday, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed, I lost my hearing aid, I can't find it, I'm stressed about that, so I can't hear, I'm super deaf, it's not even funny. Um, kind of is though, because then I have to say huh and what all the time. We're in the middle of trying to set up all of this and get everything ready and going. And I'm just like, and sweet Michelle, said, I will bring flowers for the gathering. So she went down to the Wednesday market and grabbed flowers. And Annie, who is my most amazing decor girl for the gathering, is in, comes out of the kitchen. And she's like, Kara, Kara. She's like, look, there's a ladybug on the flowers. I was like, oh, my gosh. I just start crying. I'm like, Jesus loves me so much. <laughs> so... I think all three of the women on our panel talked about, like, looking for those little things. Like, and just asking the spirit, like, is this for me? And let him speak to your heart. Because he's the one that knows you. He's the one that knew you together in your mother's womb. He's the one that loves you. He's the one that sent his son to die for you. And he's the one that can tend to the, to the garden of your heart. He's the one that knows when it's time to pull out those weeds. He's the one that knows when it's time to plant new seeds. But if we don't go with expectant eyes and we don't go with asking him the question, we're going to miss what he has for us. And so as we, we're still ahead of schedule. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> so as we get ready to enter into an opportunity for us to open our eyes and for us to ask God what it is that you have for us, um, some of my gathering girls are going to pass out the sheets in the back. Pretty please and thank you. I love you guys. Um, and you're going to be getting a paper on one side. It has some questions, and it'll kind of walk you through um, if you want to go outside and go for a walk. I'm going to give you guys 20 minutes. Yes, I'll tell you a time at the end. But I'm going to give you guys 20 minutes. If you have kids and little hearts and you want to stay in the room, you're not going to miss anything, and you'll still be able to see if they call your number. If you feel comfortable or maybe don't have any kids in little hearts and you want to walk around outside or you want to go across the street to Broadway or you want to go into the upper room, I'm inviting you to do that with the eyes to see nature and to see what God has for you in that. Um, we have three different stations that are set up. Over here we have a garden station. And at the garden station by the birdhouse, there's a prompt that explains and kind of gives you some things to think about. And then there's also some verses. In the back on the right side is like a forest woods um, experience that you can enter into. And there's like a water fountain back there. And it kind of smells like evergreen. And there's a prompt on the table. Um, and then there's also verses. And then there's some rocks down there and the prompt will explain if you um, want to grab that rock and write down a word maybe a character a characteristic of God and who he is or what he wants to say to you today um, and you can take that home and I have one because I did this activity a couple years ago and I have one um, in my windowsill that says trust me today um, that's what God had to say to me in that time. And then on the other side, there's a beach experience. And there's some pails with sand. And so you're welcome to take off your shoes and get your toes in if you want. You don't have to, but you can. Invitation with no expectation. Um, there's also a prompt on the table to the left as you walk into the beach area. And then on the back wall, there's saltwater taffy. So for some of us, the beach experience includes saltwater taffy. So we do not want your taste buds to miss out. So we have that back there as well. And then again, if you want to go walk outside or go to the upper room or um, even just, we had some people just kind of do a, a block around, a walk around the block. I can't talk. You guys have 20 minutes to go experience God in nature inside Cedar Hall. <laughs> or you can go outside. 